Jim Britt and Jim Lutz had a vision, and the Change Book series was developed. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your hosts and personal coaches that'll show you how to bankroll your mind. Lawrence Pipkin and Rich Perry. Join Lawrence and Rich weekly as they interview the top co-authors from all over the globe who share their insights into self-empowerment with life-enhancing realizations that will touch every area of your life. We're live every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us for another exciting show of the Change Book Radio Show. My name is Rich Perry, and I'm joined, as always, by Lawrence Pipkin. Lawrence, how are we doing today? Doing wonderful today. Doing wonderful, Rich. Glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. And we have an exciting co-author joining us from San Antonio, Texas, right down the road from you, uh, Lawrence. And... The co-author that we're <laughs> the co-author that we're bringing to the show today, her name is Joe Condrell, and her chapter is featured in Book Ten of the Change Book series. Her chapter is titled "How to Reinvent Yourself in Seven Simple Steps: Move Forward in a New Way in Your Career and Your Life." And I'm going to briefly introduce her with this bio. Joe Congel is considered by many to be an outstanding mentor, author, and professional speaker. Her company, Goldmines Incorporated, has provided services for some of the country's most respected corporations. She's a co-author of the popular book, 101 Ways to Improve Your Communication Skills Instantly, and author of Take Charge of Your Life, Dare to Pursue Your Dreams. For her work as a non-military leader at the U.S. Army headquarters in the Pentagon, she was recognized by the Army with the highest civilian award, the Decoration for Exceptional Civilian Service. So I'm pleased to welcome, well, we are pleased to welcome Joe Condrill to the show. Joe, are you there with us? I am, and thank you very much for having me on. Thank you. For being here with us today. So, Joe, real quick, tell us about your chapter. Give us a brief introduction to your chapter so the listeners can understand what it is that you're writing about. Your chapter, once again, is how to reinvent yourself in seven simple steps. Move forward in a new way in your career and life. And I'm sure we have a lot of listeners that would want to move forward in their career and life. So go ahead and tell us about your chapter. Okay, thanks, Rich. Basically, it's for people who find themselves in transition, like when they're going into retirement or graduating from college or high school or some change in their life. They're just not satisfied with the way their life is going, and they want to make some changes. And I based this basically on lessons that I've learned. I started out learning from Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich, and I went through some challenges in my own life. So a lot of my own personal struggles go into this as well as my victories and um, my time I spent, my experiences in Toastmasters 
also played into this because I was asked to do presentations after we reached number one ranking in my district, and they wanted to know how we did it, and so I distilled it at first into steps on how to achieve, and then I related that to life's lessons and how those lessons could be applied in achieving what you want in life in general, not just necessarily when you're going for a group goal like being number one in the world. Right. Now, real quick, let's let's dive into that a little bit deeper for the listener because I know in your chapter you talk about, and you even just mentioned it before, people that, you know, they, they want that change. They want that tra- transition, whether it's transition, transition from college to the workforce, or maybe it's from one industry into another, you know, you have that profound change, you you want something new, something better, or whether it's transitioning from the workforce into retirement. So, I mean, let's even start in the beginning. What is it are you seeing with college age students or people are leaving the educational field and transitioning into that career path? Is it that they're not equipped? Did they make the wrong decision earlier on? Are they not knowing how to make those proper decisions to plan the rest of their life? Like, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, a lot of it is a lack of confidence in themselves and some of them is uh, some of it is a lack of knowledge about what's out there what are the possibilities mm. and so when i begin with someone i ask them to look at their past you know where have they come from and what are their real the real assets they're bringing forward into the future that they haven't thought about are written down i think that's extremely important to see what's happened in the past that maybe is still bothering them, that they're carrying along in the future, like um, uh, something that maybe it's a put-down, for instance. A student was told, well, you'll never get anywhere. You don't have the good looks to go with your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that just haunts them. Well, this is the time to get rid of that, to take it out and look at it, and maybe have a coach to help you to work your way through that. What is it that's holding you back? So that before they even start dreaming about what's in the future and what they can do uh, in the future going forward, uh, look at the past and, and take some time with that and overcome that. And also look at their talents. What are they really good at? And... Uh, a lot of times we hear about follow your talents and you'll never work a day in your life. You know, follow your passion and you'll never work a day in your life. When you're starting out, that's difficult because you do need to make a name for yourself in some way before you get to the point where you can truly just make a living off of what you love to do. Right. And you had mentioned in your chapter that you see it more often in military families, but is it also across the board where uh, you have parents or outside, you know, family members and things like that kind of deciding the Mm -hmm. path of the child, not necessarily like a positive encouragement, but 
pretty much saying like you should do this and just uh, mm-hmm. being a stressor on that child's life and you know that teenager's life like oh well this is the only thing that I can do because this is what my parents or aunts and uncles and family members are pretty much making me do is, is that something that you're right. noticing it's not always spoken. It's sometimes uh, an undercurrent, and, and the expectation is there, and the way they guide them maybe to the, the courses they take or the schools they go to. But there's uh, that underlying um, thought that I've got to please my parents or I've got to please somebody else. Maybe it's the person who's putting up the money for the college that we have to do what they think, but maybe we're not really happy with that that's not our talent as we see it that's not the way we want to do it it would help so much if we could open the communication chain between Mm -hmm. the parents and the child in a regard that would find out what that younger person really wants to do but in our culture and, and different cultures I think have different stressors on their younger people as to what they want them their life to turn out like but I think that a lot more could be done with encouraging instead of putting it down, putting it pressure down on them to encourage them in the various ways that the child seems to be blossoming most. I have four children, and so mm-hmm. each of them went a different way and are very happy in the life that they chose. And so uh, my second son actually knew in high school what he wanted to do with with his profession the rest of his life, and he's quite happy with it. And so we simply encouraged him along the way. And the others all uh, chose their own paths as well. Right. Does that help? Joe, oh, I, th- I thought it was awesome. I, it, it kind of uh, brought up a question for me. I'm a, I'm a military brat myself. Oh, great. And I know. I think it's an awesome thing. I, I think the one thing that I learned most about growing up all over the world was the ability to adapt Uh um, really gives you a different perspective than I think a lot of the kids that I grew up with. For example, um, I had a a friend growing up and he went into his attic and they were finding all this stuff from just decades and decades prior. This family had been in their house for, um, you know, almost a hundred years and I went home, and I was like, do we have an attic? And my mom was like, well, yeah, we have an attic. And so I ran up to the attic because I wanted to see all this stuff from, like, decades and decades, and there was nothing in the attic but our stuff from Christmas. And so, and, and so I was like, oh, my gosh. And so when when you talk about culture and the cultural differences and expectations, I think culturally within cultures there are little subcultures that – cause you to think different ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and- when you're thinking about your own family, my question was, you know, you talked about those expectations and even the unspoken ones. In my family, everything was unspoken. My dad was a, was a drill instructor. And it was mm-hmm. more of a look that said, you know, don't <laughs> F this up and everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I guess what I wanted to know is, with your four children and with giving them the room to grow, what kind of thing would you say to, to somebody that either is mentoring a young person or 
somebody who has been in a culture that isn't necessarily hands-on, and they might be a little afraid to either seek guidance or to accept what somebody is giving them. Hmm. Well, I I would say always put it as a suggestion or as an encouragement. I think when we let people see that we are interested in their best interest, it helps them to accept um, guidance and advice from other people, whether that's a, a paid coach or a parent. I think when we when we throw in a lot of love in that and let the person know that they are safe in whatever decision they make, it's um, it's a good thing because even if they decide to go it alone, which is not recommended. I mean, I did that too many years myself. Uh, you know. Um, exactly. <laughs> See, now that's a military <laughs> upbringing, isn't it? Do everything yourself and. And it'll be fine. And it's like, wait, that's not the way to do it. Yeah. On top of that, my dad was very independent. And, and you know, it was like, well, this is the way to be independent, you know, do it and go it alone. But you find later on that there's a lot of talent and help available out there that we need to be aware of and just reach out. And when you reach out and, and that comes back in a negative, don't reach in that direction anymore find another way and if you have a coach or a mentor or somebody that you're not pleased with don't don't stay with them find another person that that you're a better match for in my opinion um you can make that change 100 percent. i think i think that's very true and, and i think people get uh they almost feel bad if somebody doesn't fit their expectations and it's time for them to move on. And so they'll just hang on and then it becomes this resentment cycle that causes both the individuals to be trapped. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly and, and it's stifling. Well, what would you say to somebody who finds themselves in a situation like that where they believe they're being mentored or they have a coach or a therapist or uh, a mentor, and it's just not working. Is there something take, that you could say to them? Yes, I would say take some time to yourself and talk to yourself. And um, that's one of, one of my most important, I think, uh, advices is to think and think for yourself. And certainly there are times to get guidance, but there's times to get inspiration to if we can just be still and know at times and uh, things will come to us. And some people, for some people that's meditating for a certain period of time a day. At other times, it's, it's simply just leaving your mind a blank sheet and just sitting for ideas. In fact, Napoleon Hill talks about that in his book, Think and Grow Rich where someone just sat in the closet for a certain period of time and had a notepad and paper and would write things that just came to him. He was not thinking. He was being inspired. And I know that's a foreign thought to many of us, and we wouldn't know how to do it. We wouldn't even want to begin to do it because we may feel like that's scary. But if it's not a good match, I would suggest that 
um, whatever you've paid the coach or the mentor, you ask to have time to reevaluate where you're going and let them know that it just doesn't feel right and it seems like there's more or maybe a, a slight shift. You know, even when you have a goal and you're working straight toward it, you're just barreling down on it, you know that you want to reach this goal. And then maybe um, maybe you're single and there's a new person that comes in your life and, and you see that, wow, maybe I need to adjust this goal just a little bit so that it accommodates this other person as well. And that's perfectly fine because you don't always have to reach that goal that you set out to. I'm a great goal setter. I'm a great believer in dreams and visions, and I've done many uh unimaginable things with just setting that, I call it a BHAG, like Collins and Porus do in their book, a big, hairy, audacious goal. I'm not one to say, oh, I've got to have a smart, a measurable goal that's got to get to this point and that point at a certain time. And I know that's not the usual way people operate because especially in business where you have a group of people. And anytime you have a group of people, you want them all on the same track. But if it's just me, I go for the BHAG. <laughs> and I would encourage <laughs> that person who has maybe a, a, a sense of being stifled or guided in a, an uncomfortable way by a coach or a mentor to ask for time to have a, a, a time to check okay, here's a checkup time. I'm going to ask for a checkup time, and I'll have a list of things that I want to talk to that person about. In this instance, this is what you suggested or you asked me to do and or you know, just hinted that it would be a good thing to do, and I'm not of that mind any longer, and I would like to either talk with you about it or make some arrangements that maybe you can suggest somebody else that might be more in my line of thinking for me to be talking to about this. One of the things that might come up might be political leanings or religious beliefs or something like that that they want to hang on to, but that coach is saying, well, no, you've got to let go of that. And they're saying, oh, no, I'm not going to, so what are we going to do? Right. Do you agree right. or is that too obnoxious? <laughs> Lawrence? Yes. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought we were getting feedback. Um, oh, Joey, good. Joe, it sounds like these are certainly skills and an idea and an approach that can be easily transferred in all areas of life to, you know, especially go back to uh, your title, which is to move forward in your career and life, you know, it doesn't even have to be just in a coaching or mentoring relationship. It can be in all relationships, whether it's a job that no longer serves you, a romantic relationship or friendship, social circles that no longer serve you. I mean, housing and housing environments, you know, maybe you want to live in this region of the world and now you want to move it to this region of the world or, you know, uh, used to hang out with these group of friends and this social circle that no longer serves you. And I mean, people grow 
and and I'm sure you've seen it as well, is that the one thing that I've noticed as a coach is that some people have difficulty with change. And, you know, I've heard it how many times where someone says, well, I made this decision, so I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm in this relationship. I'm just going to stay here. I've been at this job for 10 years. I'm just going to stay here. And it's, you know, and I, I mean, sometimes you just want to shake the person and just say, yeah, but just because you did it yesterday doesn't mean you have to do it today. Just because you've been at this job for 10 years, what's worse, you know, being there for 10 years or making the decision to be there another 30 years and be unhappy. Like, (laughs) um, and it's, it could be frustrating for someone who sees that big picture discussing with someone who doesn't see that where they're okay with being in the rut because it's something they've always done. You know, it's, it's comfortable. They want to be in that comfort zone and, being outside that comfort zone is scary. Is that something that you see? And what do you normally do to kind of shake some ideas and shake some life into that person to say, Hey, change is okay. You can hop out of your comfort zone and do something different today. Yeah. That's the fear of the unknown. And, (laughs) And some of the, some of the times we hold back is because we are going to, we see that we're going to outgrow our family or our friends, for instance, you know, people want to get rich and they think oh, that's mm-hmm. really going to be great, but then all their friends are poor, and so what are they going to do, you know? And, and when they begin to realize that, they uh, decide that that's when they come in for either coaching or counseling or, or something like that, and they say, well, you know, what? My mind is split. I need some help because mm-hmm. this this isn't... Um, this isn't the way I envisioned it because I thought, you know, well, you have a lot of money, you have a lot of friends. Well, the friends don't exactly see it that way because Mm -hmm. they are seeing themselves as the underdog and not so uh, pleased with the progress the other person is making. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things that that I talk about in the book is, you know, moving ahead while you're having to make those decisions that – that aren't comfortable, but um, that's when you have to sit back and look and, and think and say, okay, is it okay now? Uh, how do I move ahead in all Joe, I think, of Joe, I think we're losing you. Okay. Uh, try is talking. It, okay. it sounds a little bit muddy, and I really want – I'm hoping that the, this is good stuff, and I just want to make sure the listeners are, are hearing it. Okay, I'll try it again. Up oh, there you go. We're we're better now. Okay. Should I repeat or you think that was good enough? No, um just just go back like two sentences. I we just started uh it might be a miking issue, you know, maybe something was in the way of the microphone. Um so just yeah, go ahead and repeat that cuz I know it was really good stuff and I just want to make sure the listeners are are catching it all. Okay, it was a matter of looking at those issues when you begin to think you want to be rich or wealthy or however you want to put it. Whenever you set those behags, those big, hairy, audacious goals, one of the things to be considered is the effect it's going to have on other people and how will you 
continue to be able to be friends with your current friends, or do you need to start finding new friends now that think more like you do and that you'll more and likely more and likely find along the path that you're uh, putting out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's that's really important, and that's so much in line with thinking, and we do need to spend more time thinking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you mentioned it before, just being by yourself, you know, being with yourself to kind of have that awakening and knowing what it is that resonates with you in, in your heart of hearts. What is it that fuels you as a person? And just being able to say, yes, I did something yesterday. It was good for me yesterday, or so I thought it was. It no longer serves me. Now it's time to move on. And mm-hmm. I, I love that in your chapter. And your chapter is jam-packed with action steps. And you know we love action steps here. Um, you gave uh, the, simple, the seven simple steps to move forward in your career and your life. Real quick, let's, I really want to touch on your accomplishment with Toastmasters for a second. You Tell us a little bit about that. Um, you, you led a collective of, was it 3,000 fellow mm-hmm. Toastmasters? And yes. That's really cool stuff. So go ahead and hit that just in your own words of what happened. That was one of the most exciting years because it was the only time that the district, and this is a district level in Toastmasters International, and we were 3,000 people that were spread from the Shenandoah Valley through Washington, D.C., down to the southern tip of Maryland, if you can believe it. And um, nobody in that area had ever, no district governor had ever led their teams to be number one in the world. We had reached the highest ranks once or twice, but never the top dog. And I I began the year by uh, saying in our newsletter, asking actually, have you ever been on, um, have you ever won a gold medal in the Olympics Have you Mm -hmm. ever won a Super Bowl ring? We can do it this year if we're the top of of the heap in Toastmasters International and sort of got them thinking about, well, we haven't done this before. And during the year or after the year, I heard later, you believed in us when we didn't Mm -hmm. believe in ourselves. Those people still go back to that year in 1991 and 92 that was so exciting for them. What we needed to do was to complete a certain, we needed to reach a certain educational level for the Toastmasters in their growth in in, person, in speaking. And now it's it's including a lot of leadership as well as speaking. So we, we grow our communication skills in, in public as well as expanding the organization. Those were two of the major things that we had to focus on. And so we were broken out into sub um, subgroups, areas, and divisions, and clubs, and each one had goals to reach. And so I started a mastermind group of past international presidents 
a couple of past international presidents, a businessman and another person, to help me to figure out what I was supposed to do actually as a district governor in order to be successful, in order to make a difference, to make people believe in themselves. And you know the main thing that, that it is is encouraging people. It, mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe that. If you encourage somebody and believe in them and say, hey, you can do it. You know, it may be hard, but you can do it and I'll help you. Or this is the way we did it before and I know it will work again. And in, it was a it was a real tight race. And um, people came up to me toward the end. There was one lady who was forming a club, and they didn't have enough members yet to, to actually charter the club before the year. And I said, that's okay. You know, next year you can charter. And she said, oh, no, y'all are going to be number one, and, and we want to be number one too. <laughs> so at that time she was really believing in it. And so that was a a really great goal, and actually it's what pushed me into presenting seminars on how we did it. After we became number one, a couple of other people who were going to be district governors came to me for mentoring and saying, what did you do? How did you do it? What can we do? And they ended up very high on the charts as well. Right on. When they were district governors. But I started preparing the speeches, and then when I was offered an opportunity to write a book, I thought, well, I can just put this into that book and not relate it to Toastmasters necessarily, but the things that I did are things that I had done in my life before Toastmasters in getting my life together. And Mm -hmm. so it transitioned from a personal process to a leadership process. And in both cases, with absolute superior results. And so uh, the first book that came out with this was at the turn of the century, and this um, businessman who had a paper, a a promotion paper, an ad paper, called me up and said, do you have anything for the millennium? We're going to have a big millennium issue. And I said, well, you know, I think this book might be really good for it. And so the first edition of Take Charge of Your Life came out as a millennial premise, Take Charge of Your Life. And then as the year went by, I just changed it to Take Charge of Your Life, Dare Pursue Your Dreams. And so this chapter is taken from the material in that book. Joe, real quick, I think think we lost you again. We're muffling a little bit. I don't know what's happening. There we go. There we go. I so the last thing might... that we heard clearly was you said in the chapter. Yes, in the book. chapter. The, the chapter is taken largely from the book, Take Charge of Your Life, Dare to Pursue Your Dreams. And the book has places to write answers to questions. I have discovered sitting in a seminar one day that a young woman stood up and said, that book ultimately saved her life. She was an abused wife, and she said she got the book out and she started filling out the answers to the questions. She kept it at work so it wouldn't be found by the abuser. And then when she had all of the 
all of the answers to the things that she needed. She had the courage, based on what she had read and, and figured out through the book, to make that change. So rewarding to me. I, I find gold nuggets apart from dollar bills in this business. Mm-hmm. I've, I was a professional speaker. I've done, uh, and my favorite thing, though, is writing. I'm, I'm working on a couple of books right now. And uh, so that usually leads to seminars and uh, other speaking engagements. But touching lives and making a positive difference is basically who I am. Trying to be. <laughs> That's awesome. And well, that actually leads us to the very next thing. You're, I mean, you're very, you're so accomplished, and incredibly humble about how accomplished you are. And so, my my wish for you would be for you to embrace that and be okay with it, and let everybody know that you're awesome, and, and just smile and go, yeah, you know what? I worked hard to be this awesome. <laughs> so you mentioned um, golden nuggets. And um, if you've listened, listened to our show at all, um, this is the part where Rich goes, if you have a golden nugget for everybody out there, what would it be? <laughs> so since you've given us so many good ones, um, maybe, maybe the top two or top three, just the golden nuggets through your life or in your chapter or whatever you think is, are the best distilled down things that – can help people reinvent themselves and help them move forward and help them create that amazing life that you created for yourself. Mm-hmm. One of the gold nuggets I would put out there, it came from my father. And my father always said, there's no such thing as can't, cannot. If you want something bad enough and you're willing to work for it, you can have it. And that is, I find... Once you, and I'm known for being persistent. They used to call it stubborn. <laughs> but when I grew up, it changed to persistent. And, right. and, and, and I persevere. So two great qualities you can have are perseverance and persistence. Staying with it for the long haul and never giving up. I tell you, I went through some real challenges in the Pentagon, but that that perseverance, and I won't say you have to be hard-nosed about it, but you just need to stand your ground and um, and be nice. Now, you don't have to be nice. You have to be uh, civil. You have to be civil. Mm-hmm. I, I think being nice uh, has a different connotation in that uh, that means submissive, but when you're in a fight, you can't be submissive. So, anyway, that's one um, there's no such word as can't. The other thing is count the number of times you say no in a day. I can't do this. I can't do that. Or no, you can't. No, you can't. Count the number of times you say no. And then count the number of times you say yes. And try to try to say more yeses than no's. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Oh, 100%. I think especially with children. When when I was growing up, back to when I was growing up, my dad always said no. We uh, it, it took me a while, but I figured it out that he never said yes. He would say no until we proved 
until we persevered and proved to him that it was a good thing for him to say yes. And he would say yes. And I was so annoyed by that. I promised myself that I would never do that to my children. So I always would think before I answered them, and I, or I would try to, I would try to <laughs> think before I answered, and and think why I shouldn't say yes. And then, as many times as I could, say yes instead of no. And so I would really suggest that people do that, especially with um, the workforce. If you're working, uh, if you're a supervisor, if you're a manager, see how many ideas that your subordinates have that you can actually use even though you didn't plan on it. Mm -hmm. Look for the good that they're doing and highlight that. One of the things that really bothered me as I was writing is that I am teaching was that uh, people didn't want to get rewards because they said other people would be down on them and they'd lose their friends. And I thought that was awful mm. to have that happen in a workplace where you can't acknowledge the accomplishments of one person and, and you'd have to make it even for everybody. I think we need to get that out of our society because we're not all created equal in that regard. Those who try harder deserve more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Absolutely. So well, thank you. Thank you. And Joe, real quick, tell the I know wait, I know you have uh you have a you have a gift or you've got a worksheet, something that goes along with your chapter, right? You wrote me about that? Yes. If anyone wants uh an action sheet, actually it's a, an action plan. It's the questions from the book that I will send you if you would like to work that because you have the chapter, which is the condensation of the book. Mm-hmm. So if you want the questions and the you know the questions with the um, the worksheets there, I'll be happy to send it to you. It's for sale on the book on the uh, on well not on the internet on my work on my website, but I'll be happy Excellent. to send it to you if you'll just send me an email. Send it to my name Condrill at AOL.com. That's the easiest thing for people to remember. Right on. And should they put, so, Conjil at AOL.com to get that um, worksheet, and then what should they put in the subject line so you know who it is that's sending you that letter? If they'll put action plan, I think that's safe. That shouldn't send it to the spam folder. But the action plan is more than one sheet. It's uh, of course, you, the the recipient can reduce it to one sheet if they prefer. Great. But it's several and pages. Excellent, excellent. And also, get and tell the listeners how they can find you on social media and give a shout to your your website for the listeners right now. Okay. On social media, on LinkedIn, you can do the LinkedIn forward slash IN, small i, and then forward slash again, Joe Condrill. There's no E in that anywhere. J-O-C-O-N-D-R-I-L-L. On Twitter, it's slash uh, capital Joe and then capital Condrill. Capital J-O, capital C-O-N-D-R-I-L-L. And I'm not on all of the others yet. I just don't have time to keep up with it. 
No problem. Uh, so Facebook Facebook is also J O C O N D R I L L. And my website is also J O C O N D R I L L dot com. It's undergoing a major overhaul right now, but uh, that site, I just checked it before we came online. And on there, there's an offer of a free PDF copy of Book 10. So if you're interested in having a PDF copy of Book 10 of The Change, you can simply fill in the uh, form there, and I'll send it to you. Fantastic. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us on the change book radio show. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And um, I know Lawrence and I both look forward to hearing some more awesome things from you in the future and certainly staying connected as we're all co-authors in this uh, phenomenal book series started by Jim Britt and Jim Lutz. So once again, thank you so much for joining us here on the radio show. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. I really do appreciate your having me on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you, Joe. Bye-bye, Joe. Lawrence, are you there? I am, sir. Well, ladies and And gentlemen, that was awesome. Definitely, definitely. No, it's just going to let the listeners know that we were just speaking to Joe Condrell in book 10 and once again her chapter is how to reinvent yourself in seven simple steps move forward in a new way in your career and in your life and we are going to hop to a quick commercial break and then we'll come back with the ending for the show so we will see you in one minute Hi, I'm Peggy Sealson, personal development coach and co-author in The Change. If you are interested in truly connecting to your authentic success, you'll want to read my chapter in Book 9. I offer specific steps to uncover your greatness and have the life you deserve. I help clients supercharge their lives. Keep listening to tips from all the co-authors and especially from co-hosts Rich Perry and Lorenz Pipkin. This is Angie Taylor from AttractingWellness.com. Are you wanting to make changes in your life and you don't know where to begin? Start by listening to the Change Book Series radio show where you'll hear from each of the amazing co-authors as they share inspiring tips that guide you to live a better life today. And we are back to the Change Book Radio Show. I'm Rich Perry, joined as always by Lawrence Pipkin. Lawrence, how are we doing out there? Doing super. You know, and it, the funny thing is, is I think you know how amazing Book Five in the Change Book series was. I know yeah, how. I know how awesome the, it was. The most, <laughs> the most phenomenal people that you could ever read are in Book Five, but um, <laughs> book. Chapter, uh, the book 10. Isn't that our is, book? Oh, wait, I think book five is our book. Oh, isn't that, isn't that odd? But book 10 has been our go-to, apparently, because uh, if you don't have a copy of book 10, you guys need to get it. You've already heard interviews with Maciej Torres, Kim Lucian, Sally Miller, uh, Pam and W.T. Hamilton, Jenny, Bill Smith, and Michelle Getsky. 
as well as Joe Condrell. So some pretty amazing people. So I think that uh, that book 10 is, is trying to be as badass as book five. And I think, I think they're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. We've uh, the last few radio shows, well, ever since we've taken over, you know, I know uh, Deb did a fantastic job of, you know, starting the radio show and she, got a whole lot of the authors from all the earlier editions, which is where you and I are from. And, you know, we're, we're certainly doing our best to continue the momentum. And the last couple episodes, we've been knocking out a lot of the co-authors from, from the later episodes or from the later books in the series. So book 10, book 11, book nine. So yeah, we've certainly been making a lot of, awesome and amazing friends from uh, book 10 within just the last three weeks. So I'm looking forward to meeting, meeting everybody in person pretty soon. Totally. And, and, if, and if go ahead, what? I think we're going to the exact same spot. So you want to shoot evens and odds for it, or you just want me to take it? Uh, I'll say something and you can, and you can decide if that's where you're going. <laughs> okay. So as, as everybody might know or might not know, um, I'm in Round Rock, Texas, which is right outside of Austin, Texas. They actually touch their good friends. And in the month of May, we're going to be doing some pretty cool stuff here in Round Rock, Austin area. And the amazing Rich Perry is actually coming into Texas. So if anyone, and I mean anyone, is... Uh, Around Texas in May, we're going to be doing a couple of different uh, seminars on the Monday the 9th, the Monday the 16th, and Monday the 23rd. Uh, we're going to be doing part of our Vortex Mastermind series, Bankrolling Your Mind. So it's going to be one of our live training seminars that uh, we're kicking off our global tour with. And if you're listening to the show or you have somebody listen to the show and you guys would like to attend, uh, I haven't cleared this with Rich, but uh, I say if they let us know, we let them in for free uh, because we'd love to have you. So that's uh, May the 9th, the 16th, and the 23rd here in Round Rock, Texas, right outside of Austin. So hit us up, and we'd be happy to meet you. Uh, Joe, if you're still listening, uh, come on up. We'll buy you lunch, or I'll make Rich buy you lunch. Or, <laughs> okay, I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> So uh, is that where you were going, Rich, or were you going somewhere else? That's pretty much where I was going with it. So good job, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was just gonna say you were gonna make lunch. So you know, either either yeah, way, yeah, nobody really wants matter. that. <laughs> nobody wants that. So certainly, if you're in the Round Rock, Austin, Texas area, or even surrounding areas, and you want to hang out, the both of us for the day, certainly get in touch with us. Go to our website. We also have some free trainings that you can download for your leadership team, for your sales team, for people in your mastermind group. And you can access those by simply going to our website, vortexmastermind.com. Go to the upper area where it says free training and click the link and start your download and uh, get and share it. And, you know, that's 
just a taste test of what we're going to be giving in the live seminar. And we have three options um, on the 9th, 16th, and 23rd, just like Lauren said. And we'd love to, to meet you. So come on out, say what's up, shake a hand, and uh, we'll have some fun and learn some stuff. And uh, also certainly want to remind everybody that Jim Britt, Jim Lutz, all the amazing co-authors from the whole entire series, which spans 11 books right now and is marching forward. You know, we're always looking for new co-authors to join the series. If you've got a message, if you've got something that needs to be heard, if you want to inspire, to motivate, to empower others towards creating positive life changes. You know, you don't even have to be a professional coach or speaker. If you know that this is something in your heart of hearts that you want to do, and you've got an inspirational story that you know is going to make an impact on the lives of others, and you've always wanted to be an author, this is a great chance for you to jump into the um, authoring world, to publish a book and to, you know, join a joint venture group just like this. So contact us, hit us up on Facebook or on LinkedIn or Twitter, email us, go to our, go to our website and just email us and say, Hey, I'm interested in, in more information. What, what can you do to provide and how can I get my message out there? And also too, we do have the change book, public Facebook group. So this is your opportunity to join the free group and meet and connect and share ideas with all the co-authors from the entire series, as well as uh, connecting personally with Jim Britt and Jim Lutz. And it's a great group. We're always sharing things. And, you know, it's a really positive meeting ground for like-minded individuals. Is that, uh, can I get an amen on that, Lawrence? Yes, I'm amen. I'm a I'm a like-minded individual <laughs> as well. So I I enjoy like-mindedness. That's the new word that I've just now created. Awesome. So if you want to create new words, also join us. Hit us up. We like new words. You know that's the cool thing about being a co-author is uh, once you put it down in print, it's there, and so you can make up as many words as you want, and you can tell people, you know, I had to coin a new word because. What I'm doing is so amazing that there just wasn't a word for it. So just make up your own word. Yeah, there you and, go. <laughs> um, you'll have your place in history. So Dr. Seuss did. He did. He did. He did indeed. <laughs> so <laughs> once again, just to recap, we've been listening or we've been speaking to Joe Condrell from Book Ten. And we've also put it out there that the Change Book series is always looking for new and exciting co-authors or potential co-authors to join our community and share your message with the world. And if that's something that resonates with you and something that you would like to be a part of, then contact us and we'll put you in the, uh, we'll get you going on the right path to being a co-author in the series. And like Lawrence said, if you're in the Austin, Texas area, for the month of May, we've got three powerful seminars coming up on the 9th, on the 16th, 
and the 23rd. And you can find that information on our website by the end of the week. And uh, our website is vortexmastermind.com, just a reminder. That's all I've got. Lawrence, do you have anything else before we end the show? Actually, I do um, for those knuckleheads out there. Um, Looky knuckleheads, we need you guys to go to iTunes, type in the Changebook Radio Show, pull up the little picture of uh, Rich's face and my face, and give us a rating and review. We have virtually none. So we're asking you guys to please do us this big, big favor. Um, Thank you to Tamara Renee for her review. And uh, also thank you to uh, the Taylor Family, Inc. for their review. So could be a knucklehead and get out there and rate and review us. Don't rate and review us on me calling you a knucklehead, but just get out there and do it. Uh, There are 200 200, uh, co-authors out there. Uh, We need you guys to get involved and help us make this the biggest, best, fastest growing change movement on the planet. And the only way that we can do that is if we get the word out. And one way to get out the word is to have you guys give us some reviews and ratings on iTunes. So again, that's the Changebook Radio Show on iTunes ratings and reviews, my friends. And um, that's all. And I'm sorry I called you guys knuckleheads. No, I'm not. You're knuckleheads (laughs) unless you do this for us. We love you. (laughs) And just a reminder, you don't have to be a co-author to share review. If you're a listener, you know, you listen every week, you love the insights, you love the strategies, you love the free gifts, you love listening to me and sometimes listening to Lawrence. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) give us a review. We We would love to hear some positive words from you and, uh, you know, let us know, let us know what you think and give us the star rating that you feel the show deserves and um, we'll continue to produce a quality show for you, our listeners, because we love you. And that's all that I have for this week. We will see you next week. And next week is going to be the first episode that Lawrence and I will be broadcasting from the same room. Because, as he said before, he lives in Texas. I live in Pennsylvania but I'm going to be hanging out in Austin, Texas area for the entire month of May. So that means four shows will be broadcasting in the same room, which should be a wild, fun experience. So I'm looking forward to it. You know what we should do? A video? You know what we should do, Rich? Yes, we should video the radio show. We could do that. I think that would be awesome, and then we can put that up. Yeah, definitely. Great. So... And that way everybody will know that we really have a face for radio. (laughs) Yeah, certainly. So (laughs) thank you so much for listening to the Change Book Radio Show on behalf of Lawrence Pipkin, myself, Rich Perry, all the co-authors from all over the globe, Jim Britt and Jim Lutz. We thank you for listening, and we will see you and connect with you next week, Wednesday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks, and be excellent.